Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's up, dum-dums? It's hard to believe, but football is back. That means it's time to make an account at the best online sports book known to man. That's right. I'm talking about my bookie. Sports betting is exploding in popularity because who doesn't like making money? If you want to get into the action with a trusted company that's been around for years, MyBookie is the place for you. It's easy, no hassle, mobile site, 24-7 customer service, and bets on every sport imaginable. MyBookie provides a fun, safe betting experience. I'm too messed up talking about it. If you deposit today with MyBookie, they will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's right. If you put in $100, they will give you $50 for free. That's almost half. So go to MyBookie and sign up today with the promo code ARMCHAIR. At MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. That's right. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Tigers trying to turn up the tempo on second and five with a 40. Bryant with the time. The pass is caught. And a touchdown. Hand off to Roundtree running left. It's 35 to the 40. Left sideline around the man. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is the president of the Taylor Powell fan club, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dum? And, of course, a TJ Mo deplorable, Caleb Bungart. Hello, kids. So, we're getting to you a little bit late because we had kind of a strange situation, given the fact that uh, Missouri played Troy this weekend, and uh, we all know that uh, Missouri won... I think it's 42-10 was the final, but uh, it turned weird right at the end of the first half because Kelly Bryant, our star quarterback and uh, key to the offense, went down with what looked like a pretty serious knee injury. And we went, I don't know, a full 24 hours at least without knowing what the deal was. But then uh, we found out later that Kelly Bryant should be okay. He seems to just have a sprain in his knee. But instead of losing the best player on our offense, we lost Cale Garrett the best player on our defense to a pectoral muscle or tendon tear and likely out for the year. So a pyrrhic victory for the Tigers beating the shitty Troy team with their very dirty players. But uh, yeah, I think it's worth mentioning how Kelly Bryant got injured. He was uh, tackled on a late hit. Troy was penalized for a late hit because it came in just obnoxiously late and not just late, but low. A player named Travis Salo for Troy basically tried to take him out. It almost did. He crawled to him, grabbed the leg and turned it up and under. He had plenty of time to stop, but he kept army crawling to him. He did. I mean, it seemed very intentional and very dirty. The question that has come up to me and Colin and I talked a little bit about it, I think uh, yesterday, Caleb, question is what's the bigger loss uh, do you think in, in for the tigers would it be to have lost kelly bryant or us losing kale garrett which do you think hurts this team more i think the kelly bryant loss is bigger than the kale garrett even though kale garrett's playing like an all-american right now it's, but i think he can somebody can step in for him on the defense easier someone can step in and run that offense yeah i think powell showed us on saturday that if Kelly Bryant goes down, the season goes down. We scored zero points after Kelly Bryant left that game. Kale Garrett is hurt, but without Kelly Bryant, our season is effectively over. If, if Powell's play on Saturday is any indication as to what to look forward to without Kelly Bryant. To be fair to, I guess, Taylor Powell, you know, basically every weapon that uh, Kelly Bryant has at his disposal was also taken out, and he had second and third string receivers in and blockers, so that, you know, he didn't have much help in that department, but he was clear drop-off in talent from uh, Kelly Bryant. 
The only thing I'd say about losing Gil Garrett is that he's been so fucking good that he's got better offensive numbers than most of our receiving core. I mean, he's got like, what, three touchdowns now. I mean, he was as big a contributor to our offense as uh, as some of the people who were actually on our offense. Yeah, and he came within inches of having a fourth touchdown. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he was pissed that he didn't. I mean, it. Uh, he's been He's just got that quality that I don't think I've seen since Kentrell Brothers, where he has like a sixth sense about where the play is going to go. And he's just in every play. He gets to every play. He just can feel where the ball is going every play. The, the, uh, the disappointing part is it was in his, the halfway through his fifth game, as it happened one game earlier, they could have redshirt uh, injured him. Well, the thing is, there is a sort of medical exception, red shirt, and that it is not bound by a certain number of games played. The problem with this is it is sort of just arbitrarily issued by the NCAA based on pity. You know, whether they go ahead and say mm -hmm. it won't happen because it's the NCAA (laughs) in Missouri. Right. Yeah. It's not something you can just automatically get. You have to be granted it by the NCAA. And yeah, like Caleb said, (laughs) that ain't happening. So. And another way the NCAA plays into Kale Garrett's injury is that if they were to get rid of the bowl ban, Kale Garrett would likely be healed enough in time to play in a, you know, hypothetical bowl game. Yeah, I just don't think it's going to get changed or it would have been done by now. I don't think it's going to get changed, and I don't think Kale Garrett's going to get a medical redshirt. Well, I agree. Well, I would I would really like to see a medical redshirt. I hope it happens, but you're right, it won't. So that leaves us, uh, you know, I guess looking towards Old Miss. And I think that, uh, you know, homecoming game, Old Miss, we got two things going against us. One, our best defender is gone off of the uh, defense. And two, I don't know if any of you guys saw the Old Miss Vandy game. They got rid of Matt Corral, said enough of that shit, and uh, took their freshman quarterback, who is like Usain Bolt fast, just crazy fast and he's not a very good quarterback he's not a good thrower but when a play breaks down he can he just would sprint for 65 yards and was just faster than anybody on the field and really scared me because it reminded me of that wyoming mobile quarterback yeah i saw saw some of that game and his stats uh throwing the ball are none too impressive he was like four for nine for 69 yards but yeah. he ran like four times for 90 something yards at that point so yeah, he's, he's going to get around on his feet. He was really athletic, but he um, he seemed to make a lot of stupid freshman mistakes, you know, like on third and three. He tried pass, and he's he's a, had the greatest pair of legs on the field, and he didn't try to go for three yards, you know, ever. And it was just like, well, it, he's talented, but he's he's mistake-prone. Yeah, yeah absolutely. If, if I'm a very I, – I take my fastest linebacker, and I just I, – I shadow him all day. Well, our fastest linebacker just uh, went out with a peck tear. <laughs> but, well, our fastest linebacker is still available. Yeah, Nick Bolton will do nicely, hopefully. There was a little piece of news I wanted to bring up with you guys, not related to the game, but uh, just before, I guess it was like Thursday night, we started getting weird tweets and messages and people saying like, oh, there's some sort of double secret probation meeting that the team is having, and they usually don't have meetings on Thursday nights. Oh, there's something to foot. And you could just tell that sort of the power Mizzou. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dude tiger board message board crowd 
was getting all flittered about something. And there, so there was a secret team meeting the next day. Nothing really happened. Game day, we find out that uh, defensive end Trajan Jeffcoat had been either dismissed from the team or I guess what they said was that he was no longer part of the team. Didn't say why. They also said he was no longer enrolled as a student. So I think this has all sort of gotten um, below the fold story because of the scare with Kelly Bryant and Kale Garrett's injury. But uh, he's there's a defensive end no longer on the team, and nobody really knows why. Well, it's like Walter Brady. When it goes in college football, though, they don't say a word about it forever, and then you just forget and don't know why. People have been kicked off this Mizzou team before, and they don't release the information. Yeah, well, Walter Brady is off it was took off the team for pointing the gun at what was the cornerback, Vernon? Oh, I don't remember which one it was, but <laughs> yeah, that was the story, right? Yeah, he pointed the gun at a teammate. And uh, that apparently was a no-no, <laughs> and so uh, he got kicked off the team. Yeah. Now, every every member of the press box, people friends knew this, but chose not to report it. Right? Yeah, they did not uh, get that story out there. Anyway, I have no idea what this story is. Is it disciplinary? Is it private family matters? Is it health related? We're not going to know. My, sort of my theory, then, is that probably right now all the press box people friends know, and they're not saying. Well, we're never going to know about Trajan Jeff Cody. He didn't have much of a chance to make an imprint on this program, but uh, it was just a, another little blip on the on the radar. And it reminded me a little bit of those past days when there was so much more controversy and what's going on with Maddie Mock and those sorts of things where it seemed like every week there was some sort of like story going on, you know, on social media or on those message boards. And it just happens. Players like this come and go, I guess. So I guess we really didn't talk about um, what did go right in that game because the first half when Kelly Bryant was healthy, when Cale Garrett was healthy, I think we saw that the Mizzou defense looked like they've looked all season really good, uh, starting with Cale Garrett. You mentioned almost two touchdowns and definitely two interceptions he had in one half of football. And uh, he wasn't the only one that looked good. I mean, they weren't doing anything. They had no points. No, that's not true. They scored on their first drive, and after that, they were basically shut down the rest of the game. And uh, we didn't do a ton on offense, but we certainly did enough to be effective. And then, of course, with Kill Garrett giving us seven points and putting us on the one-yard line another chance, we did enough on offense to rack up 42 points. So it wasn't as bad as the uh, SEC network announcer made it sound like. All he could say all day long was how poor – the Mizzou offense look, and I was like, "It's forty-two to nothing, or forty-two to seven here, buddy. What, are, what, what else do you want?" You know, we're usually not a team that hangs seventy on somebody, anyway. So, yeah, I think it's a pretty good outcome. Well, we had a lot of pissed off listeners after the the late hit on uh, Kelly Bryant. I was of the opinion, I think a lot of people were, that Barry Odom should obviously take his starters out and don't risk anybody injury, but don't lay off. <laughs> the gas. He shouldn't throw deep and try to score touchdowns on those fuckers and do ring up 70 on them. They're such pr- I mean, it was dirty pool, you know? What are they coming in for? This game doesn't mean anything, so they try to take out our best player. Yeah, it'd have been fun just to rack a bunch of them up on them, you know, because they did do that, but I just... Uh, the, I don't think they opened it up for the quarterback, you know? They were going... They knew they were going to sit on that lead and the defense could take care of it, so... Yeah. Try not to get anybody hurt and work on the next game. Yeah, and especially not know whether Taylor Powell was your future or not for the rest of the season. Certainly don't want him to get hurt in, uh, in the Troy game as well. Because, uh, I mean, Colin, you talked about this early on in the season, that it didn't look like there was a plan B in a post-Kelly Bryant world. And I think you're right. We didn't see much of a plan B in, in Taylor Powell. No, I, but I don't know. I, and like I said, it's not fair to judge him up for one half of football, but I'm, I, I'm guessing if Taylor Powell is going to really impress us, the second half against Troy would have been a good time to do that. But like you said, they didn't have any other starters out there with him, I guess. I still, there's also a, an aspect of any of these guys who just, they look like they, they can do it. They just have the arm talent or, you know, like the kid from Old Miss running around a like hundred miles an hour. You know, he didn't do that. And, I didn't see Drew Locke's arm. You know what I mean? Like, there's just, you look for things that excite you, you know, and I didn't see any. Tyler Powell is as mediocre and bland a quarterback as I've ever seen. So, it didn't fill me with a great deal of confidence, regardless of the fact that maybe their starters weren't out there with him. Yeah, he was more Chase Patton than Chase Daniel. Yeah, there's nothing electric about his game. No. I don't know what that, what that means for next week. I mean, Ole Miss is not very good. 
but uh, they do have a little bit of a shot in the arm on offense, and we did take a hit on defense. So maybe the play, you know, the playing field got a little more level. Um, I still think Mizzou should be favored in this game, but you know, you got a hobbled Kelly Bryant and no Kale Garrett, big hole in your defense. So we're not as good as we were a week ago. No, but Ole Miss has looked like dog shit all week. <laughs> yeah. With all, with all apologies to your old lady, they, they haven't looked real fucking good. And Mizzou has looked really good since that first game. If it wasn't for that, I would imagine they would be ranked pretty high. Yeah. yeah. We were just outside the AP poll, I guess, this, uh, this week as well. Well, hey, I mentioned some of the attitudes people had after that game. We got quite a few voicemails in regards to this football game. You guys interested in hearing what people thought in the immediate aftermath of Kelly Bryant being injured? Yeah. Let's do it. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Well, we all worried that Troy would beat us like they did in 04, and they did. No, they only scored 10 points, and we put up 42 in the first half. But old Troy... They were sneaky about it. They went ahead and mazooed us on our home turf, taking out Kelly Bryant with one of the cheapest plays I've seen in college football this season. With no ability to do anything, got that fat D lineman just throwing his throwing his elbow into <laughs> Kelly's knee. Classy, Troy. Keeping it classy. So as it normally goes, I'm sure we'll lose Kelly Bryant the next few weeks to the rest of the season really sucks for him sucks for Mizzou M-I-Z I feel like that guy had a few drinks he may have had a couple a lot, going on. <laughs> yeah. yes this is John Barkley here and what I think the Troy State player did to uh, Kelly Bryan was a uh was an act of desperation on his part to make himself relevant for, for him to get laid and all that stuff. I think he is the most worthless football player, probably the, has the tiniest dick in the world, and couldn't even <laughs> get into Kansas, so he had to go to fucking Troy, where the IQ is probably around eh, seven, maybe, and he probably eats lead paint chips for breakfast every day, and Troy fucking sucks, and Troy can suck my damn cock, because that school's a piece of shit, I hope it burns down to the ground. Well, I think you about <laughs> There you go. I don't think he's... probably had a tiny dick. Well, I saw the guy, and uh, just guessing, I don't think he has the smallest in the world. <laughs> I don't know. I mean... I'm not going to name names, but I, I know a man that's very large, very, very large, six foot six, very athletic, and he had one of the smallest cocks I've ever seen in my life. Well, Caleb, you've seen a lot of them. Yeah, I've seen a lot of cock in my day. And this very large, very athletic Division One athlete had a tiny little turtle head. The more you know. <laughs> Fuck Troy. Why is it that these teams in the South will play dirty and do anything they fucking can? I mean, Florida did it last year to us. Um, Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky. Those fucks. They're probably behind us somehow. Uh, fuck Troy. That's, a, that's what I say. Fuck Troy. And fuck Troy. Fuck Troy. That fucking right, you stupid asshole. Yeah. Kentucky did it. That's an interesting theory. Well, who knows? All I want to know is if Kelly Bryant's a guy. That's all I can do. This week, just mad at the uh, asshole they're talking about. So, SEC officiating is the worst fucking officiating I've ever fucking seen. How many times Kelly Bryant got hit out of bounds and got hit in the fucking head? Then they let that shit happen. They've been doing dirty shit all fucking game long. I'm glad the fucking defense is doing good. The fucking bullshit SEC officiating is fucking worse. Well, probably at their fucking best. They're fucking piece of shit. Fuck Troy. Oh, we put a hundred on them. MIV. Yeah, I think the attitude was generally the same. You know, the the thing is, most of these calls came in before we got the news about Kale Garrett, so there's not as much about him. What's up, dum-dums? It's a regular caller, PVP. It's 929 in the third quarter, and I'm already drunk. So I decided to call you guys and give you my thoughts about the game, even though you probably don't even really care. 
But I'm gonna give them to you anyway. Defense looks fucking spectacular, except for that first drive. But after that, holy shit! Remember when everyone was talking shit about Kel Garrett and how like he wasn't as awesome as everyone says he is? Well, in this game, he looks pretty fucking awesome. Offense, uh, come on guys, let's get together. That's uh inconsistent. That's the key word right there. Kelly Bryant hurt. Hopefully, it didn't look like anything major. Hopefully, that's the case because we have old Miss next week. Other pal's not looking too bad though. So, um, good for him. I'm glad he's getting some time in there. But, uh, with a defense like this, I don't have to have a decent quarterback to fucking win the game. So, pretty impressed. We're not getting Troyed like LSU and Nebraska did in previous years. So, can't complain about 42 to 7 and the MIZ. You guys have a good one. All right. My cover's everything. I feel like that guy was taking a dig at Colin about people talking about Kel Garrett not being as good mm-hmm. as supposed to be. Fuck I that guy. Be and, and you know what? Like the last, up until this year, he hadn't been impressive. But he was impressive this year. Like I said, he passed the Colin Steenberg and first grade flag football coach linebackers test, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He certainly did. <laughs> he certainly did. He's passed about every other test he had, could take. Other than the uh, pectoral strength test, I guess. I feel like Ray Lewis <laughs> will play with that pec strength. I mean, they they talk about it like I don't know what the recovery time is, but I mean, I, I mean, I kind of feel like Gilgarrett got hurt early in that game and played through it a little bit. And I wonder, I, I don't. Well, they said as much today. I mean, they they showed they showed the play where he said he got hurt. And I think I think maybe the pick six came after it. I mean, if everybody tells me that the doctors say that he can't play any more this season, then fine. But I don't know how long a guy like that who's in peak physical condition takes to recover to where he can play. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, guys I play hurt all the time. Does, though, yeah, I know. I know. He but know. I know. You're right. He would. I've got, got no sympathy for him. I once played a slow pitch softball game while having a heart attack and got the game winning hit. It's no fucking big deal. That's because you're a teamer. You know what I mean? Gamer. Yeah. yeah, gamer's game. Well, I don't think anyone's going to fault the, uh, the comparison between Division One college football and beer league softball. <laughs> hey, it was for a midseason championship. We won it five years in a row. I mean, I'm just saying. It's a big fucking deal. Osage League. Tom Hankey played in it. When people say they put their heart and soul into something, Caleb literally put his heart into softball. Yeah, I almost yeah. died, but we won. <laughs> Yeah, and now he's got a long history of gorilla hearts. Yeah, <laughs> keep him on, uh, keep yeah. him on ice for me at Capital Region. Thanks, guys. <laughs> it's like a, if you want to go super deep nerd, there's one of those Iron Man movies where that guy like burned up the little heart cell thing he's got, and that's what Caleb does. Gorilla hearts, he burns them up, and they have to replace it every so often. Yeah, yeah, they're going to quit making gorillas one of these days, Caleb. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> scared about the gorillas. Yeah, they're poaching all these gorillas. I'm about to get a couple of them keep in my backyard and start a breeding facility <laughs> just to stay alive. <laughs> Maybe I'm jumping the gun because we don't know yet what's going on with Kelly Bryant. But I will say, one fucking year, so I want nothing to fucking happen. It's every fucking year from the kick six to the fifth down game, Doyle Green, Beckham, the protest, John Jay Porter, Michael Porter Jr., the full offensive pass interference in KU last year. It's every fucking year. Never fucking stops. And you know what? I have every reason to be negative because it happens every goddamn year. Nothing ever good happens to us. Maybe once we'll get a break. But fuck Troy, Alabama. I'm going to burn that motherfucking place to the ground. Fuck them. There's lots of people going to burn that place down. I, I noticed that seems to be a theme, yeah. I'm all for it. Do it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a Missouri thing. Yeah, yeah, we burned down Lawrence. Sure, it was a dirty play by Troy, but why did that dopey, no good son of a bitch and fucking Barry Odom still have a star quarterback in up 35 to 7 against a team they clearly fucking overmatched? This again shows what a dope he is as a fucking head coach. Get rid of this stupid motherfucker. Thanks. Wow. This guy's called in before and he just does not like Barry Odom. Well, bless his heart because. After he left that voicemail, TJ Moe went to his house and murdered him. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's what TJ Moe calls a deplorable. You know what I mean? He just yeah, right. he got really mad at his own listener base, which I'm sure the radio station was like, hey, TJ, we got my little marketing 101. Um, you know the people who uh, listen to the show and hear our advertising and thus create revenue? Um, don't call them fucking <laughs> loathsome losers. That might hurt your ratings. Well, that seems that seems to be uh, 
we'll call TJ a journalist in this. It seems like a, a Mizzou journalism type of deal is your fans ask you things and then you call them douchebags <laughs> and bag on them and then go on with your day. It's just a normal thing with journalists around Mizzou football. Is that right? Yep, that's what I hear at least. Okay, yeah. Uh, we've gone off the rails, but uh, it's pertinent. Dude, that was such a dirty hit on Kelly Bryant. Like, what the heck, man? I mean, seriously, like in this type of a game where you're losing by 40-plus points, just not necessary. Like, clearly, that was not any intent to tackle. That was meant to crush Kelly Bryant's ACL. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. Mm-hmm. What's up, guys? Uh, so I think the whole Kale Garrett issue is you know, going to really hurt the team just because of how much of a leader he is and everything. But at the same time, if we can't go out there and win on the type of schedule that we have without Kale Garrett, then, you know, I don't know if we're going to win with Kale Garrett. Uh, he's a huge force on the defense. But, like, let's be real. If we don't have any type of depth in our charts, then, like, I mean – should we even care about winning any more games? Because there's probably going to be more injuries throughout the season. I mean, quarterback, you know, could get hurt at some point more than uh, than this last week. So I think that uh, we shouldn't overthink things as a fan base. It's a terrible loss, but uh, I think that we'll come out and bounce back from this. M I Z. Z O U. Hey, and credit should also be given to. Uh Gabe Matter on Twitter for breaking the Kale Garrett story four hours before any journalist did. Yeah, congrats to him for that uh, valiant reporting. Yeah, well, give credit where credit's due, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's basic common sense. What's up, Dum Dum? You asked for feedback on the Kale Garrett injury, uh, and while that, that sucks, the shoes lost—it's uh, the most Mizzou thing ever. Uh, I have confidence in Bolton and in Brooks and in other guys to step up and fill that fill that void. Oh, shake there. So while I acknowledge that it sucks and I'm a little concerned, I have faith in the other guy. M-I-Z. Yeah, I guess we will see whether we have more than two linebackers on this team, cumulatively. <laughs> All right, fellas, what do you say we take our first break and come back and uh, go around the horn with the SEC and uh, catch a little Kansas news? Sounds good. This is the Mazotcast. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Seems like it was only yesterday. <laughs> do you want to increase your performance and get extra confidence in the bedroom? I know that I do. Need anything I can get? <laughs> I do not have a large penis. <laughs> no, it's sad. We share the same genetics. We've been shortchanged. Yeah, it was nothing. Well, there. I've got news for you and for all of our listeners. Good news. I hope and that so. is BlueChew.com. That's right, BlueChew.com. Mm, sounds like dog medicine. It's not dog medicine. It's dong pills. So what you're saying is we're now one of those podcasts sponsored by dong pills. You better believe it. Great. Yes. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with an FDA approved. This is not pseudoscience bullshit. My dick will be the judge of that. <laughs> BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works. So if you conceivably want to drive a 16-pinning nail through a 2x4 with your cock, Blue Chew is for you. What if you want an erection so hard that a cat couldn't scratch it? Well, then Blue Chew is for you. What if you want your erection to be so hard it's like a diamond in an ice storm in Greenland? (laughs) Well, Blue Chew is for you. Fair enough. You can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or empty. And since they are chewable, they work twice as fast as the other pills. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. <laughs> <laughs> I see what they did there, Blue yeah, Chew. Yeah. Well, what if you have no teeth, Colin? Well, <laughs> bad question, dickhead. <laughs> All right, so right now we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Armchair. Just pay five dollars shipping. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. That's right. Dong pills. <laughs> Dong pills. <laughs> Sex dungeon episode. And we are back. So, fellas, we were not the only ones to play football this weekend. Uh, our peers in the SEC are starting to take shots at each other. And so, why don't we go around the horn with the SEC? We. Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. 
We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. And uh, I do have the fine bot here in studio. Obviously, Caleb's in a sex dungeon. Colin's on his phone. Uh, we couldn't be in the same room tonight, but uh, Colin, I've got the fine bot here. Is it this big red button? Is that what turns them on, or is it this little switch? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Use the red button. That's it. Oh, God. Don't want to hit the switch. Are you ready there, Paul? Let's get started. Alabama. Alabama. All right. So we got Paul. Caleb, what games did we have in the SEC last week? We had very few games. Let's just start with the biggest one of the week, which was that Auburn and Florida game, which was a shit show, really. Florida won 24-13. Auburn wins that game by 20 points if they have a quarterback that isn't dog shit. (laughs) Yeah. Bo Bo Nix started the season looking well, and then Saturday looked like the worst quarterback that's played football at the SEC ever. He did as good as he's looked all year long. He looked so bad. And I mean, I know that uh, Florida got in his kitchen a lot, but he did not handle the pressure well. And what everybody had in this confidence in Auburn seems to just evaporated overnight. And uh, even people like me are forced to now be like, I guess Florida's good. Yeah, I mean, really, uh, you and I text during it. You give Auburn Kelly Bryant right now, and they're undefeated still, and maybe win a national championship. I don't agree. I, I don't think. I mean, Florida's got a good defense. They're not a great, great monsters of the midway defense. No, I don't think they're that much different of a team than they were last year. No, they're not. It'll come out in the end. No, it won't really. It's fucking Florida. They'll end up. 10 and 2 and ranked fourth in the country. Yeah. That's the way it happened. Yeah. It was certainly the game of the week because uh, it really did. I mean, it started to make me ask this question. Florida beat Auburn. Georgia is obviously very good. Is the East catching up or better than the West this year? I don't know about that. Well, you got uh, LSU and Alabama, obviously the top, but Auburn was right up there and they just got whipped by our second best team. That's true. That's a good point. I think LSU and Alabama are, are heads and tails above the rest. Georgia looks a little susceptible. The score of their game, which is going to come up, looks really, really bad. But really, it was closer than that up until the last four minutes of that game where Georgia covers that spread and makes it look like it's a ridiculous game. I mean, you're right. I think LSU and Alabama look as good as anybody in the country right now. But one of the things I'd say about the West is the bottom of the West is maybe lower than, well, I mean, Ole Miss beat Vandy. So, I mean, obviously I think Vandy is the bottom of the bottom of the, of the SEC, but Arkansas isn't far behind. I think if you ask me, I know they played a few decent games, but they're still not a very good football team. Ole Miss right now is not a very good football team. I mean, the quarterback makes them a little better, but they're not, they're not on a track to be a bowl team. Mississippi State's had some setbacks. I mean, Texas A&M, Nobody ever knows what Texas A&M is. They're not good. They yeah. just people just talk about they're good and they're not fucking good. That's who Texas A&M always is. Yeah, and I mean, I think Georgia's a good team. Florida's a t- good team. Missouri's a good team, and then Tennessee. It, nobody knows what Kentucky is. Tennessee and Vanderbilt and South Carolina are all garbage. Well, I'm going to tell you this in my uh, great and unmatched wisdom. Uh, I should be an SEC homer. But Ohio State is the best team in the country. <laughs> Paul disagrees. I'm sure he does. I mean, I wouldn't go against who listens to him either. But uh, these SEC teams are going to have their hands full when it comes to playing Ohio State. I they're don't agree. Fu- they're fucking good. No. Yeah, Ohio State is is climbing the ladder, and I think we've got like our third number one in the polls in three weeks, right? It was Clemson and then they dropped to two and Alabama took over the one spot. And I think did Ohio State jump up leapfrog them this week and they're at the number one? One poll and the other it's not. But yeah, yeah, they're really good. But the SEC's got, it used to be where the top and bottom were pretty close and the whole conference is strong where it's got, it's got really top and bottom heavy now where, I mean, Mm -hmm. you've got 
six, seven teams that are pretty damn good, and then the rest of them are just terrible. They're not middling. They're not any of that. They're just not fucking good. Yeah, it's funny. They've got, like, I think four top ten teams, another top 25 team, and then everybody else is not ranked. Yes. Well, oh. on, on to the Ole Miss game that you spoke of, which they beat Vandy 31-6. to six. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Vandy's not good. No. Have they fired Derek Mason yet? Because I can't, I can't see how they can keep him. You should be fired. I should be, but I don't get paid, so no one's firing me, Paul. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, Derek Mason. I think he benefits from low expectations, clearly, but uh, his team is not getting better. They've had a few okay seasons, but they were never as good as when they were under James Franklin. No, and you can't tell me that some of these schools can't be better than that. Duke, Duke plays better football than. Vandy, places like that with small attendance and high expectations of kids in school, they can still play decent football. They don't ever do it. Doesn't help that they have to do it in the SEC, but uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, look at the look at Tennessee. You know, look at Missouri a couple of years ago. I mean, they're look at you know Kentucky most years. South Carolina. I mean, there's an opportunity for Vanderbilt to win in the East, and they just never do it. There's years where they should beat. Some of the teams in this league, and they consistently don't do it. I think a high bar for Vandy is like a nine win season, or if they ever get a nine win or a 10 win season, then that's as much as Vandy can ever hope to dream. You know what I mean? Like, they don't expect to ever win the Eastern Division, much less the conference, much less a national title. But, you know, if they get a solid, good bowl game, that's as much, you know, that's what Vandy fans have to root for. Okay, then we had. LSU playing some fucking letter school called USU or some shit like that. LSU dominated them 42 to (laughs) 6. Yeah, that's a snoozer. I mean, there's not much to talk about. It's just getting all those cupcakes out of the way. LSU scores a lot of points. Yeah. And then last game on the schedule this week in the SEC was that uh, Georgia-Tennessee game. With Ugga winning forty three to fourteen and pulling out the cover in the last minutes of the game, you're right. Yeah, they uh, they were cognizant of the uh, of the gambler, I guess. Oh, it was great. It was a it was a, it was going to be a bad beat turned into a good score in the last minute or two. There, you're right they, about that. Yeah, go, goal line stand at the end to hold on to those points. It was something else. <laughs> yeah, Caleb clearly had money on it. <laughs> yeah, Tennessee uh, looked pretty. They looked decent for. A, uh, they stayed in it for, I guess, a quarter and a half. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, their new quarterback came out and was gangbusters, put up fourteen points like it was nothing, and it looked like oh shit, yeah. Tennessee's got them something. And then at some point during that game, Georgia hit him in the fucking mouth, and it was over. Yeah, well, they need it. It reminds me of the Florida situation in a way, in that uh, you know Felipe Franks was such a bad quarterback. Everybody knew it, except for the head coach. The same thing with uh, what is it, Jared Guantanamo Bay in ten- yeah. at Tennessee. He's not a good quarterback, so they get rid of him, and all of a sudden, magically, they get better. It's a uh, yeah, it kind of reminds me of like in baseball, say in the playoffs, whenever uh, a Cardinal closer is fucking terrible and does nothing but fucking give up runs. And uh, the manager keeps floating them out there. Stupid, stupid, yeah. stupid leadership. Sometimes coaches are just dumb. Yeah. And I did enjoy how the TV broadcast showed the new Tennessee quarterback's mom more than they showed the game for the first 15 fucking minutes of it. <sighs> yeah. And it's Why like, is she hot? No, she's not hot. And she had her boyfriend in the crowd. And he was holding on to her like somebody was going to fucking steal her. It was great. She was just a mom you'd see in the pickup line at school, Colin. Nothing Mm -hmm. special. Don't say Colin wouldn't fuck her. Yeah, she's not Jake. (laughs) Well, that wraps up this week's scores on the SEC. Would you like to hear about next week's schedule? I think it's going to be a very interesting schedule. You know, we've got that knockout league, and I think we've got four straight weeks where nobody's lost on their pick. And so one of these days, the floodgate's going to open. We've not had a lot of crazy upsets and uh, it's going to happen. It happens every year. So who knows? This may be the week. I've been trying to lose, but it doesn't happen. So maybe this week's my week. I get tired of Brendan texting me wanting to know who my pick is. Yeah, it's it's exhausting. 
It is. That once a week is, I can't do it. Uh, first up, we got Mississippi State playing Tennessee. Two suck teams playing each other. No one will watch it. Go Bulldogs, I say. Yeah, I believe Mississippi State will beat Tennessee. It is in Mississippi. They've got the home field advantage. Mississippi State. Yeah, we all agree on that, Colin. Yeah, I'm Mississippi State. And then we have the UNLV running Rebels coming into Nashville to play Vandy this week. Mm. I've got no information about UNLV. Except that in 1990, they were really good at basketball. Is Jerry Tarkanian still their quarterback? Uh, yes, Jerry Tarkanian. He is. Uh, he's quarterbacking them. Stacy Stacy Augman is a wide receiver, and Larry Johnson's running back for him. Um, Grandmama. Yeah, Grandmama, and he's just on a dunk on the goalpost all game and get flags. <laughs> we we need a special drop for when we have super dated 90s references. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's the Saved by the Bell theme song. <laughs> so I'll drop that in. <laughs> drop that in there. Yeah. yeah last, last week, uh, UNLV played Duke, and they beat the Christian Leitner and Bobby Hurley led Duke Blue Pedals <laughs> by 60. So you got to watch out, Vandy. Here they come. <laughs> Jerry, the, Jerry the Shark Tarkanian is going to suck on a towel and kick your ass. Yeah, he's going to whip you with that wet towel when you're done. He better keep your butt covered. <laughs> you guys are going to have to do a lot of Wikipedia work to catch up with all this. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they were entertaining when they were around. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with UNLV because I don't think Grandmama can be stopped. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Oh, ball. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, South Carolina is going into Athens to play Georgia. Yeah, Georgia's going to feast on the Gamecocks, I believe. That's one I'm going to keep my eye on the spread there. Georgia. <laughs> have you seen the spread yet? I have not. I, I wait till Wednesday usually to look at it all. I don't get on them too early, but uh, I'm going to keep my eye on it and just see what they've got there because I think ain't Georgia's 24 points better than South Carolina. Yeah, so do I. Georgia. Okay, then we've got Alabama going to play A&M. At A&M. This was set up to be a big game this year because those were supposed to be two of the contenders for the West. It doesn't look like it's going to be much of a competition for the uh, Crimson Tide this week. If this game's under 20 points on the spread, I'm going to take Alabama too. Alabama, Alabama, Alabama. Yeah, we know, Paul. We know it. Yeah, it seems like whether it's Kevin Sumlin there or not, Texas A&M going to Texas A&M. Nick Saban. Yeah, Paul. (laughs) And then in the shit game of the week, we've got Arkansas going to Kentucky. Ooh, it is the shit game of the week. Uh, I've got some faith in Kentucky on this. I don't know what the spread will be, but uh, Arkansas I just think is really bad. I I think uh, Kentucky is the better team. Arkansas. Arkansas. Paul just likes the West more than he likes the East. Yeah, he likes the food in Fayetteville. You're right about that. What should be the game of the week again has Florida playing LSU. Florida back-to-back tough West matchups. It's interesting they got that on the schedule like that. The two West teams they face are (laughs) back-to-back. As much of a test as Auburn was, LSU, I guess, is the real test for this Florida team. Yeah, they've got to go into Baton Rouge and try to win that game, which is always tough. Uh, Death Valley. There's just no way Florida wins this game, right? Well, I didn't think they, there was any way they would win the game last week, and it cost me money. So um, let's bet against them again this week and say LSU. <laughs> Colin? Yeah, I say LSU half of them. Yeah, at home, I agree. They have to. Yeah, LSU just is a really good ball team. They're going to be playing down there at night, I believe. They just don't get beat then. LSU. LSU. Yeah, they're, they're never t- nobody's tougher than LSU at night at home. Well, that, that is the schedule. Aside from old Mizzou versus Ole Miss for homecoming, guys, we didn't really discuss what we thought the score would be. I, I don't know if it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I mean, you look at what Ole Miss did against Vanderbilt, and I think it was, what, 32 points or something like that? So not even that high a score against Vanderbilt. And our defense, even without Kel Garrett, is pretty good. So if, if Kelly Bryant's at all healthy, I think, if anything, we just outscore him. 35-17. Okay, that's a good. I say forty-two twenty-four. Oh, I'm gonna say twenty-four seventeen. What was scoring the third and we won? Okay, 
Well, and and who knows? Who, who the hell knows what Missouri is going to do from week to week? I mean, we know they had a good defense, but it took a real shot. So we're going to find out a lot about this team and the defense in particular when they go up against the Rebs. All land sharks are going to get poked. Well, well I think with Mizzou, the, you know, obviously Taylor and Moulton are playing well, but uh, they've got more pressure with the defensive line than I ever expected them to this season. And I think that is the reason why I think Taylor Garrett's absence won't be quite as devastating as it could be. I hope you're right. There was a lot of stuff that happened in the world of college football off the field this week as much as on the field. I mean, we had talked about some of the stuff that went on with the Kansas and its NCAA investigation, and uh, it got me thinking, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happened in Kansas. There's a lot of things we need to talk about, but it centers around one of our favorite segments, and that's Kansas News. Well, Brandon, drop it like it's hot. I heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story, zombie deer disease reported in 35 Kansas counties. So uh, you heard that right, zombie deer disease. Animals with a disease known as zombie deer have been reported in 35 Kansas counties, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. The term relates to animals that have contracted chronic wasting disease, a highly contagious and terminal disorder that causes symptoms such as lack of fear of humans, lethargy, and emaciation. The number of Kansas counties with this disease is up from 27 earlier this year. The disease is neither viral nor bacterial. Instead, it's transmitted by prions, protein particles that have been linked to brain diseases such as mad cow disease in cattle and Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease in humans. Prion diseases damage brain tissue leading to abnormal behavior and are incurable. Well, it sounds like the Kansas human residents may be giving this to the deer. Yeah, so I've heard that that uh, CWD is started in Kansas by humans passed on to deer. Uh, there was a guy that had a pet deer that he made love to mm-hmm. all the time and passed that on. Now he's spreading it through all the states in the Midwest. Yeah. It's really, really sad. It's a sad story. The CDC has raised concern that the chronic wasting disease may pose a risk to humans, hunters, should have their game tested before they consume any animals they kill. And that goes for the roadkill that they eat. Uh, Wolf said that finding just one is rare because the disease is so contagious and it remains in the environment for years. Kansans are reminded that regular deer hunting regulations still apply and having zombie deer does not mean that we are experiencing an apocalyptic event where they can just shoot whatever they want and loot liquor stores. Uh, authorities encourage Kansas residents to maintain the status quo and wait until the first of the month when they get their government check, then to spend it on liquor like they would in a normal month. That's good advice. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure, they have to. Are you sure they're not to methane? It's true. It's the only skinny Kansans are the meth addicts. Yeah, that's right. That's, uh, so I'm just thinking, is it really a waste of disease, or is deer just addicted to meth? Yeah, I think it could be, it could be meth in Kansas anyway. Kansas fan caught on ESPN while crocheting during football game. I don't know if you guys saw this earlier, but uh, during the Oklahoma... It is all over the social media. Yeah. During a weather delay at last Saturday's Oklahoma-Kansas game, a fan in the crowd went viral when the ESPN camera caught her sitting by herself crocheting. Now we finally put the mystery of who this woman is to bed. She's identified thanks to Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic. Auerbach tracked down Haley Solomon, a senior civil engineering student at KU, and found out why she was doing yarn work in the stands of a football game. Solomon admits she doesn't particularly like or understand college football. However, the article makes it clear that she wasn't trying to achieve fame by crafting in the bleachers. Solomon was at the game to see a halftime dedication for one of her favorite professors. She said, Though I know football is a well-loved pastime, I've never taken to it. I brought my crocheting to keep me busy until the presentation, said Solomon. I sat away from the crowd so I would have a good view and contently worked away at a little potholder before the game began. Once it did, I watched it for a bit, but somehow got turned around and managed to lose track of which direction my team was supposed to be going. She sounds like Kansas' number one fan, really. It's great that there was only four people there anyway, so she had plenty of room to crochet. (laughs) She was the most exciting part of that game. Certainly nothing that happened on the field was as exciting as watching her crochet a potholder. I bet it's a wonderful potholder. This next story, guys. 
I try to stay away from stories about like murder or abduction or anything to do with kids or anything like that because it's just it's not funny. It's sad. And you once gave us a story about someone killing a puppy. Don't lie. Yeah, that's true. I did that once, but maybe that's part of why I want to avoid that in the future. This story struck me, no pun intended. Kansas man fatally struck by lightning steps away from the 50K finish line. There's a lot I have to say about this. A Kansas man was steps away from finishing from the finish line at a 50K race when he was fatally struck by lightning, according to the family and event organizers. So I can't think of a worse fucking place to be struck dead by lightning than at the end of running a 50K race. <laughs> Please, if God, if you are going to strike me down with a bolt of lightning, do it before I've run 50 kilometers. He, <laughs> you're absolutely, you couldn't be at your most miserable. Also, what the fuck is a 50K race? This says it's 31 miles. Why don't you just run a marathon like every normal idiot? Why does it have to be 50K? We have a thing called marathons. We've had them, I don't know, since Western civilization has been around. Run that, you stupid fuck. Yeah, God struck him down so he didn't put up a 31 sticker on the back of his <laughs> car. Along with his 26.2. Runners are selfish cocksuckers. <laughs> Says the man with three gorilla hearts. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Thomas Stanley, 33, from Andover, was about to complete the Flat Rock Trail Race at the Elk City State Park on Saturday when he was killed in the freak incident. It is with deep regrets and disbelief I'm writing to say that my best friend, father of our babies, and love went to be with Jesus yesterday. I'm going to correct you right there. Jesus took him. He didn't yeah. go anywhere. Jesus went and got him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stanley's wife Ashley posted on Facebook Sunday morning. My my heart hurts and I feel sick to my stomach. I had 15 blessed years of knowing my best friend and I was planning to have 79. An oddly specific number. Yeah, that's kind of strange. And also, why? I just, if somebody really close to me passed away, I don't think I'd want to take to Facebook right away. It's just a weird impulse. Uh, you got to make it official. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, she said, finishes by saying, God of all comfort be our strength. I got news for you. God hasn't been doing you any favors lately. That was the devil, Brendan. Oh, okay. Although Stanley never crossed the finish line, he did complete the 50 kilometers and has been recognized as a finisher in the official results, organizer said on Facebook. Well, I'm sure that'll bring him back to life. Did someone, yeah. did like two guys pick him up and let him finish weekend at Bernie's <laughs> house? <laughs> <laughs> More dated references, too. Yeah. Uh, Thomas's family says that the chances of being killed by lightning are one in a million, and Thomas was truly a one in a million guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so this guy's untimely demise was when this guy was going to work out his comedy bits. Yeah. <sighs> million joke. <laughs> Stanley's mother said that while... She will miss him dearly. He died doing what he loved, racking his body with pain to run an arbitrary distance for no particular reason. Well, it sounds like a good mom. <laughs> this one, guys, I think you might appreciate. University of Kansas apologizes for not thoroughly vetting controversial Snoop Dogg performance. I've enjoyed the shit out of this. <laughs> and a bad week for college football for Tigers fans. We can all take joy in both the crocheting football fan and Snoop Dogg performing house. at the field house. Yeah. A Snoop Dogg performance apparently got too steamy for the University of Kansas. The school issued an apology Friday night after the hip-hop star performed as part of the Late Night in the Fog preseason celebration following scrimmages by the men's and women's basketball team. Snoop's 35-minute set at Allen Fieldhouse featured scantily dressed women gyrating on stripper poles and doing the splits, along with fake money being shot into the crowd and unedited versions of the rapper's hit songs, including Drop It Like It's Hot and Gin in Juice. I mean, I would have enjoyed it because I'm a child of the 90s, but, uh, you know, when you're going through what you're going through at Kansas... It's probably not great to be shooting money out in the audience. <laughs> and, you know, when you're wholesome and pure like Bill Self is, you probably shouldn't have girls on poles on the court either. You know, the, there's been a lot of talk by Mizzou fans about this whole thing. And I think the number one thing people ask are like, what did you think would happen when you booked Snoop Dogg? Yeah. I, I sort of, uh, I tweeted that uh, it's like a set Lowe's Godzilla and then we're shocked and we're stepping a few houses. <laughs> 
Like, yeah. what, are you, what are you expecting to do? Yeah. Yeah. Street dog, there's going to be whores on poles and money. And I can't believe the guy didn't smoke a giant blunt during his, you know, expletive right you know, filled song, you know. Book the Oak Ridge Boys next time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Donnie and Marie. Yeah, exactly. After the show raised eyebrows, Kansas Athletic Director Jeff Long issued a statement to the Kansas City Star and saying that the school expected the clean version of his performance. We apologize to anyone who was offended by Snoop Dogg's performance at late night. We made it clear to the entertainer's managers that we expected a clean version of the show and took additional steps to communicate to our fans, including moving the artist into a final act of the evening to ensure that no activity basketball activities would be missed if anyone did not want to stay for his show. Did you all see Snoop or hear him on Howard Stern today? No. Oh, Howard Stern asked him all about this. Snoop said no one told him to do that. No one told him shit. He was told he could do anything he wanted to, and if you don't like it, you can fuck off, Kansas, because he had a good time. (laughs) Um, And that's the edited version of what he had to say about it. But, uh, yeah, Snoop is adamant that he went through everything with them, and they were okay with it until people bitched. My impression was that probably was the clean version of a Snoop Dogg show. Yeah, um, I've never been to one of his shows, but I imagine that there wasn't a whole lot of marijuana smoked in there. Um, things like that. So I, I think it came off probably pretty good. Here's my question for Jeff Long and the athletic department at Kansas. When they started carting the stripper poles onto the basketball court before the performance, did that not raise any red flags with anyone? When, when a truck showed up with stripper poles earlier in the day before this event, did no one say, hey, well, I felt like they, there's going to be strippers and they stripper poles. in a way that they thought it was going to be acrobatics. <laughs> he called it an acrobat da- acrobatic, <laughs> acrobatic dancer. Dancers. Yes, they all are, are indeed. I take full responsibility for not thoroughly vetting all the details of the performance and offer my personal apologies to those who were offended. We strive to create a family atmosphere at Kansas and fell short of that this evening. Uh, the hip hop star who's a big sports fan wore number 20 Kansas Jersey with Snoop on the back. He posted the video on Instagram of a massive crowd at Allen Fieldhouse cheering him on. Uh, this afternoon, Snoop brushed off the controversy and shared a brief statement on Instagram saying he enjoyed performing at the school. Thank you for letting me be me. This is America. He wrote in the post. Good for Snoop. Who do you think paid for Snoop Dogg to be there? Well, you know, the athletic department paid big money for it. I mean, I beat him. You know, you know what the most pathetic part of this whole apology, non-apology thing from Kansas was that Bill Self made some bullshit excuse that he wasn't feeling well, like his tummy was upset or something. So he went into the locker room and he didn't see any of it. He didn't know anything about it. You know what I mean? He was he just distanced himself, which makes me think like, boy, it sounds like you're admitting that you sort of lack institutional control of your program. I don't know where I've heard those words before. I don't know. Yeah, weird. (laughs) couldn't be worse when you're in the midst of an NCAA slash PR nightmare. Yeah, you know, if you let a horse on your basketball court, it's going to (laughs) shit. If you let Snoop on it, he's going to cuss, and he's going to throw money at acrobatic dancers' titties. Yeah, Godzilla will step on houses. Don't be surprised. All right, Caleb, was there any other news this week? Oh, there was. Kansas uh, attempted to play Oklahoma. And uh, got beat by Oklahoma, forty-five to twenty. Yeah, nobody was surprised by that outcome. No, I actually thought it would be way bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, uh, they put up Oklahoma, twenty. Good Oklahoma, for them. Half of Oklahoma's team left to go watch the Snoop Dogg performance. <laughs> Probably true. They could do without him. And uh, but anyway, in other news, I hear that there's a lovely new potholder ready yes. at the end new of this pot- game. New potholder ready, and the offensive coordinator is no longer at Kansas. The new guy is going to make a big difference, I'm positive. <laughs> yeah, five games into Les Miles' tenure at Kansas, he's already firing assistant coaches. This yeah. is going great. Perfect. <laughs> yep. Good things all around in Kansas right now. They are in some fucking chaos. All right, guys, the last thing before we go, we've got a couple of awards to give out. Uh, I think the first one I want to uh, do, because it may be an easier one, I think it's going to be the easiest one we've done on the year, it's uh, Kirk Farmer's Hair, Player of the Game. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair, Player of the Game. Fellas, is there anybody to consider other than uh, Cale Garrett for this award? No, he's the one. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, two interceptions, one for a touchdown, one nearly for a touchdown, and enduring that injury. He's earned every bit of the uh, player of the game. That one's an easy one. The next one, it's named after TJ Moe for a reason. It's the TJ Moe Douche of the Week. TJ Moe is a big douchebag, and we were reminded of it this week. when Just today, I guess, right, fellas? When yeah. he went on some radio station and was talking about, I guess it was he was mad about zoo fans turning on Barry Odom too quickly. Is that what they self-loathing blah 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 self-loathing losers? I believe he called his That's own fan base the people who rooted for him when he played football. And I quote: "Who needs enemies when you've got the Missouri fan base? It's the biggest group of self-loathing losers that I've ever encountered." Most said. Yep, so the biggest bunch of self-loathing losers he's ever encountered. Keep in mind, it's not just the fans that rooted for him while he was a football player at Mizzou, but also his listenership, listener base now for his St. Louis radio gig. So he's telling everybody who listens to him, go fuck yourself, I hate you. It's almost like somebody asked him what channel Mizzou was playing on, and it just ticked him off. (laughs) It's it's like... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> people do that. People get mad about that. It's kind of like somebody who needs support from a big group of people calling half of that group deplorable. Yeah, yeah. He called us a big bat to the deplorable. <laughs> he did. He called us the deplorable Mizzou fans. And I think part of it had something to do with, and I didn't catch all of this because I didn't really care, but like how people reacted to the Kale Garrett news. Apparently there was only one way that is allowable for people to react to the Kale Garrett news. And TJ Moe is the only one who can dictate how one is supposed to react to it. But I think a lot of it revolved around his just, he, he is in the tank for Barry Odom. He loves Barry Odom. And when people are critical of Barry Odom for any reason, they are not just having an opinion that he doesn't like. He thinks they're terrible fans, stupid, self-loathing losers, deplorable. That's TJ Moe's opinion. And the crazy thing to me is how many people were like oh he's right they are miserable fans and i'm like first of all that's you you are one of those fans so you're kind of shitting on yourself secondly don't go in for this shit don't listen to tj mo people get to be critical people get to call for coach's head that doesn't make them self-loathing losers it makes them every fan base in america i mean look at tennessee Every place gets mad when their team loses and gets happy when they win. There's nothing special about Missouri, and there's nothing shittier about Missouri, unlike what T.J. Moe thinks. We don't have fucking disdain for the people who listen to this show or root for the Tigers. Well, and if if you've ever listened to or know anything about T.J. Moe, he is a fucking colossal bootleg. I mean, what he's really doing here is he got somebody called him on XM Radio, and he wants to say something controversial so they think he's a good guest, so he calls his own fan base a bunch of pathetic losers. He'll also polish fucking Clay Travis's cane anytime he says anything. Like, anybody who's got an iota more celebrity than T.J. Moe, he is willing to just throw his fucking dignity out the window to impress them. Yeah, he does that a lot. He also, um, he's got a history of shitting on his own teammates, too. I mean, the whole thing with James Franklin. What's he will shit on anyone and anything if it gives him one iota of recognition, especially if that recognition comes in the form of somebody a little bit bigger than him. Like, he, he's just the biggest cane polishing bootleg I've ever seen, and an incredible douche. <laughs> so why the award's named after him? You know, but a lot of people wanted to nominate uh, Travis Salo, the guy who made the late low tackle on Kelly Bryant as the douche of the week. Oh, he's not a douche. He's a son of a bitch. I've got a... One from the day, too. Did you all read this letter that the Penn State alumni wrote to the uh, <laughs> Yes. Yes, that's a great nominee, Caleb. And so if you guys haven't seen this yet, you need to look it up. So there is a player on Penn State's team who has dreadlocks, and uh, he received a fan letter, and it's not the normal kind of fan letter. It was a letter from two alumni, a man and wife, who went to school at Penn State, who wrote him a letter telling him how they don't want to watch the game anymore because he has tattoos and dreadlocks and they would like it to go back to clean-cut men playing football, blah, 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 boomer bullshit. Right. I'm not mistaken that there was a a postscript on that uh, letter, Brennan, that also said... He really, they really wanted separate water fountains if they get that done too. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, so 
<laughs> Something tells me he is the type that uh, didn't mind that policy when it was enacted and was alive when that yeah. policy was enacted. I, I would like to know if this guy wrote a letter to people at Penn State at any point in the last 10 years and says, you know, I'd really like it to go back to when we didn't, you know, have like child rape and things going on at Penn State University. It says a lot about somebody who's less interested in child rape than they are dreadlocks. Uh, yeah. it, it's 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 just douchebaggery at its finest that you don't well, want to watch a football team because a man has a haircut that you don't approve. And not just that you don't approve of, that you take time out of your day to write a letter to the player <laughs> to send him to tell him you, you wish he had a more, wish his haircut looked more like Don Draper. This yeah. guy, this guy sends his fucking nieces and nephew two dollar bills for their birthday. <laughs> yeah. The local news interviewed him. He doubled down on it. He, he did. said he didn't want him to look like Miami or Florida State players. <laughs> what does that mean? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, I love it. Was he wearing a shirt that said "I'm racist," wearing a red hat? <laughs> But he did keep referring to people as colored. <laughs> God, it's. A, it's well, I, I want to nominate that guy because that that is one of that takes a lot. TJ Mo is a douchebag by birth. This guy took a lot of effort to be a douchebag. The writing of the letter, the news report, the everything. I mean, he put in his forty hours. This week of douchebaggery. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And yeah. there is also the issue of naming or giving the award to the guy it's named after. Yeah, it's like he's giving also, Oscar an Oscar. <laughs> he has also pinned several sternly written letters to the Harlem Globetrotters' treatment of the Washington General. <laughs> His favorite team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, this won't give him a break. Those guys bounce the ball so fast with their big <laughs> afro hair. Yeah, it's not fair. It's distracting to the Washington Generals players. Uh, all right. So we're we good with giving this uh, Penn State fan who uh, <laughs> wants to take care of the hair of all his favorite players, uh, douche of the week. I, I do think we should give it to him, and that's saying something because TJ Moe really deserves it this week. <laughs> he does deserve it this week. I mean, I, I, I just want, for all the people that are like, he's right, I want you to realize that TJ Moe is taking a shit on the only people who care about TJ Moe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, outside of Mizzou fans, nobody knows who the fuck TJ Moe is. So well, no he, one cares or will ever <laughs> care who he is. I just want you to realize well, that whether you think Missouri fans are particularly sour or negative or not, just realize. TJ Moe just took a dump on his only listenership. The only people outside of his family who know who he is. He said, you all suck. You're all deplorable. He hates you all. That's, what kind of person does that? TJ well, Moe's a drug dealer that goes and shits on all his clients' front door. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, not, it's not the smartest thing to do. It doesn't have to be drugs, Caleb. You can make that analogy for selling any product. You just chose drugs. Yeah, I did. <laughs> It's just such a sweeping generalization about an entire fan base. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, we're still not going to give him any awards. <laughs> fuck no, you. Fuck you. Fuck you. nothing and likes it. <laughs> it's going to Penn State, guy. Uh, all right. We've 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 done it, fellas. We've made an entire show. We're a little late in getting it out. We're still going to do a midweek show, I think, for the old Miss pregame. But... Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we got to talk about TJ because it was pretty unbelievable. Yeah, I'm glad we did too. God, he's fucking insufferable. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll have better audio for you in the future. We could not be all together. It's been a weird year for us. We'll, uh, we just can't get in the same room, but uh, a lot going on. So we'll get it together and, uh, hopefully have a fun homecoming. So till then, M-I-Z. D-O-U. Go Tigers. TJ is a douche. <laughs>